You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, it's the Animal Party with Deborah Wolf. You're here, you're at my party. Come on in. Take your shoes off or don't. The floor's going to get muddy. We're going to have dogs today. Lots and lots of dogs at the dog party. Because we're going to be talking to Kristen Smith from Planet Dog. And no, I'm not talking about a newly discovered planet, maybe next to the uh, Sirius constellation. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a website and a way that you can give back. You can get gifts that give back. You can contribute to animals that actually help people. And so we're going to talk about that with Kristen Smith when she comes on. We're going to talk about dogs with jobs. And I'm talking about jobs you never thought. The weirdest job I've ever heard of that a dog ever did. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about all the many jobs she knows of that her organization helps support. And you'd be surprised how many things dogs are doing for people right now, I'm sure. So uh, we'll come back with that. But I want to tease you a little bit. Have you ever wondered if dogs are used as blood donors for other dogs? Well, they are. Now, what kind of dog do you think makes the best donor dog? There's a certain kind of personality and size in that, but there's actually a specific breed that I'm looking for in this answer. Don't Google it. Try and think about it. What dog do you think or even Google it, I bet you can't find it. What dog do you think would be the best blood donor? And I'll tell you about that when we come back, at least by the end of the show. So we're going to go to the commercials because it's the sponsors who brought the food, they brought the drinks, they brought the doggy bowls, they made the whole place look great for this party. So listen to the sponsors and come back after that. Come back to the party. Don't go anywhere because the best is yet to come. Stick around. Pawfume Dog Grooming and Finishing Spray is proud to be a new sponsor of Pet Life Radio. Pawfume Super Long Lasting Sprays are available in four unique fragrances. Each Pawfume spray is fortified with the finest conditioners and detanglers to make combing out your dog more fun. Pawfume retails for only $2 per 6 ounce bottle. Pawfume is available nationwide at all Dollar General and Family Dollar stores. Why pay more to have your dog smell great? Pawfume, P-A-W-F-U-M-E. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host, Pia Silvani, teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? 
Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go! Hello and welcome back to Animal Party. You must have an invitation. You are on the A-list. Come right in. Come right in. Walk right by those sorry petless people waiting on the outside. You are coming into the Animal Party. Pets, welcome. Especially dogs today. So we're going to have Kristen Smith on the show from Planet Dog, and let's give a big warm welcome to Kristen. Welcome, Kristen. Welcome to the party. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be on the guest list. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Well, who would you bring with you? How many dogs have you got there? Oh, today we've got about 12 dogs here. (laughs) Wow. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so your website is a place where people can look at some stuff they can buy, but they can also do some good with that. So they buy something, and some money goes to... What? To the Planet Dog Foundation. So anytime anyone buys a Planet Dog product from anywhere, 2% of every sale goes to fund the Planet Dog Foundation, which is our nonprofit arm that funds canine service programs all over the country. So okay, we fund- so when you say canine service, I'm sure you're talking about seeing eye dogs, hearing dogs. But you do much more than that, right? Exactly. We fund a whole range of programs where dogs work to help people in need. So we do fund guide dogs and seeing eye dogs. We fund hearing dogs, medical alert dogs for people with epilepsy or diabetes. We fund some therapy dog programs where dogs are used in rehabilitation therapy for people with brain injuries or physical injuries. We've also funded canine search and rescue programs where dogs help people to locate lost hikers or um, people lost in the woods. We've funded some police dog work, some military dog work. There's a whole range of ways that dogs work to help people. Well, when you said, okay, we're going to go back over some of these because that was a huge list. When you said diabetic, the first thing I thought of was in the news in the last six months, there was this dog who wasn't trained, just a miniature schnauzer lives with these people, all of a sudden started to figure out that their daughter smelled funny or whatever the dog was cueing on. When her sugar levels were off, there was a problem. And the first time the dog woke the whole family in the middle of the night because the daughter was near diabetic coma and they, good dog, good dog, you know, they took care of her. The second time, the dog woke them up earlier. And the third time, the dog woke them up just when the levels were slightly off. So this dog was figuring it out, anticipating the care, the bond, the conscientiousness is unbelievable. But the actual ability to smell that problem is in every dog. And so when you train a dog, a dog who's particularly adept at this and you put him through a program, it's life or death for these people because who's going to wake up when your son or daughter levels are off and they go into a diabetic coma in their sleep. Nobody except the dog. It's amazing. It is amazing. And the dogs just innately know that there's something that's wrong or something that's about to happen. And their ability to be able to allow the parents to relax a little bit when there's children involved, it's amazing for the parents to have this dog in their lives because it just allows them a sense of security that they never have before that dog is with them. 
And I think sometimes people think about diseases that they're not familiar with close at hand. Like say you don't have diabetes in your immediate family and you've never known a child suffering with it. You might think, oh, well, they have medicine for that. They have insulin. Enough said. Done. You don't realize that when kids are growing up at the different stages of growth, as they're having growth spurts, when they go through puberty, if they have too much exercise one day or not enough the next day, if they're sick, if they're taking other medicines, all kinds of things make the insulin very difficult to measure for children and youth. And, and older people too, as you age, I mean, there's all kinds of problems with diabetes all, all over the place, but at least adults tend to have more ability to care for themselves and, and more adults around them. Children, it's extremely difficult. And so this is huge. This is just huge for those parents. And I, I want to say also, you said very quickly, but let's go back over it. Epilepsy. Okay, now there's another thing where we think, oh yeah, well, epileptics, okay, so they, we probably think, oh, they avoid certain situations that trigger them, and, um, you know, maybe they're not allowed to drive big machinery, but how, how else does it impede them? Well, if you're not the kind of epileptic that has a predictable seizure pattern, and you're not on medicine you haven't been able to find medicine that works for you, then your seizures are totally unpredictable. And that's true of almost every kid with epilepsy because it takes a while to have a pattern and to find treatment. So that can happen when you're in the middle of crossing the road. Now think of how limiting that would be. And maybe you can tell our listeners about what these dogs do. Well, again, it's where the dog is able to cue into the scent of the person that they are paired with. And so there's electrical changes that take place within the body that precede an epileptic seizure. The dog is able to sense that coming on and, again, can get alert to the person that a seizure is coming and the person can get at least to a place of safety. If it's a diabetic seizure and it, uh, sometimes that will trigger the person to eat something or have some juice, um, which can actually avoid the seizure altogether. And with epilepsy, at least it gives the people a little bit of warning so they can sit down somewhere safe, make sure they're not in the middle of a road, not on any stairs, anywhere where actually having that seizure is going to be worse for them physically than it would be if they were at least in a safe place. And also some of the dogs are trained not like guard dogs, not like protection dogs, but they are trained to recognize medic people, police people, ambulance people, and allow them access to the victim. But they will keep the person who's um, suffering isolated otherwise. They will do a perimeter. They will circle. And that is terrifically helpful if you have children involved because when they're in, they're so vulnerable in this situation, you want them protected until the authorities can come help. I want to also talk about something that's really difficult today and I'll just talk a little bit about it and then maybe you can talk about how dogs are making a big difference. But in Nova Scotia last week a child, a seven-year-old James Deloney went missing and he wandered off with no jacket and sub-zero weather in the snow and he was gone for 48 hours. He's a kid with autism. He has no speech, can't speak at all, can't form any words or communicate with people. And so he went missing and at first, the authorities in the newscast were blaming the family dog, which really irked me. They were saying, oh, the family dog ran off and the kid followed. And I found that really hard to believe, really hard to believe, even without knowing the dog and the circumstances. But since researching it, I found that that's extremely hard to believe. Anyhow, unfortunately, they did find the child, which was the good news. And the way they found the child was after searching for all this time, the dog actually returned and they followed its tracks back right to the child. So the dog had been with the child the entire time. And probably the dog, realizing or hearing the searchers, made a run for rescue, but it was probably tormented. Do I leave him? Do I go? Do I leave him? Do I go? The dog probably stayed with him the entire time.
time. And I just want to say that it is so sad because he did die of hypothermia. They rescued him alive and they tried to save him, but they were unsuccessful. But I want to say that it is clear that the dog is not to blame. In fact, they're crediting the dog with a huge part of the rescue. And in the hearse, the dog was riding. I'm getting choked up about this. So maybe you can finish this for me just by telling me what Planet Dog is doing for dogs who help kids with autism. That is a very, very sad story. There are a lot of programs that pair dogs with children with autism, and those dogs are trained to stay with the children when they bolt or flee or to try to help them to not bolt or flee. If they're sometimes... Um, they call it in the industry tethering, where they will have the dog attached to the child through a leash or a harness or a belt of some kind, and um, the dog is trained to really sit and be very still when it senses that a child with autism is getting frightened or getting um, worked up and is considering you know, running, which is what a lot of autistic kids do when they encounter stress. So the dog helps to keep them from doing this. Um, and they stay with the child with autism. The, the child trusts the dog in ways that they have not always been able to connect or trust with some of the people. And, and in these cases, the presence of the dog really helps an autistic child come out of its shell to some extent and allow some more human contact with the family. Um, sometimes there have been cases where kids with autism, they don't want to be touched. They can't tolerate human touch. But once they get their hands on a dog and start realizing the comfort of being able to pet a dog, um, that opens up a whole new world of touch to kids that with autism that hadn't experienced that before. Um, so the majority of these stories are really great stories uh, where these dogs are able to help these kids. and. Um, I'm so sorry about the one you just told because that's a terrible story. Yeah, and the dog showed an aptitude. If only it had been trained and the kid had been tethered to the dog, they would have never run off. They would have never gone out without the coat. Right. It's just such a shame. Yeah, it's really, really, really a shame. But I want to move on from there because uh, there's other things you talked about really fast. And uh, <laughs> one of them uh, was dogs of war. And I think a lot of time we overlook this, that Every, if you think about all the jobs dogs do, they find stuff. So finding stuff can be dead people, sick people, hurt people, lost people, avalanches, underwater, rescue situations, in war. It can be uh, sending messages in war. That's the thing they've done for years and years and years in war, sent messages. Like as early as Napoleon. I mean, even before, in, mm -hmm. as early as the Greek myth, dogs were sending messages. But um, and carrier pigeons. There's other animals involved in war, too, even cats. But mostly it's dogs. And so nowadays, dogs are used for the kind of border checks so checking people for ammunition and uh, just sniffing, drugs, that kind of thing, anything illegal crossing borders. So that's all through war zones. They're used for finding dangerous things like mines. They're used for messages. They're used for entering hostage situations and finding the most dominant person and killing him um, or her, I guess. They're used for all kinds of stuff. So they're really in war. Like right now, there's probably as a huge amount of dogs in Iran, in Iraq, in Afghanistan, in all the places where wars are, are waging and where peacemaking is going on too. That's absolutely right. They use them a lot in areas where the war is now done and again to go through and find unexploded mines or grenades, um, things that make a country now at peace but still dangerous because there had been war there and the dogs are able to go through and do sweeps and help clear some of those unexploded devices out of the area which helps keep the people there safer and then of course there's a lot of dogs that are 
at war as therapy dogs. Um, you know, many Army units have specially trained dogs who have been, you know, conditioned to be able to tolerate the noise and the heat that being in a war zone is. And the dogs are also trained in, in therapy to be able to just provide some solace to some of the soldiers experiencing PTSD after the things that they've seen, um, both on the ground at war and once they get home. I imagine some of these dogs suffer too, from the effects of war. They must come back stressed out, overwhelmed. They probably have young careers. They probably end their careers early. They do. I don't think that they leave. Um, They have dogs in a war zone for more than two years at the most. And then, of course, I think it's very hard for the units that they've been with who get incredibly attached to these dogs um, to have the dog go home. And there are good families out there that take the dogs in and give them the cushy life of retirement that they deserve after their, after their enlistment period. Well, you know what? We're going to go back to commercials for a second. We're just going to hear from our sponsors, and then we're going to come back to the party. I'm going to offer you another drink and see if your dogs are all happy and scratch <laughs> and pet a few of them. But uh, when we come back, I, I, want to talk, I want to talk about more the weirdest job, the weirdest dog job you know of, and I'll tell you the weirdest dog job I know of. Okay, everybody. Listen to the sponsors because they make the party possible. And then come on back. Don't leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. Give your dog some thought. With Dog Thoughts, it's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. Now, I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's why. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything 
everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. You're, you're, you're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello, you're at the animal party. Party hardy, everybody. All right, so we're here with Kristen Smith from Planet Dog, and she's going to tell me the weirdest job she knows. What's the weirdest dog job you know? It's weird, but it's also just amazing. There are dogs who help in conservation efforts, and what they do is they are trained to find the scat of different species and endangered species, and they're able to help conservation workers locate where different species are living. Uh, which helps them in terms of counts and habitat protection. They're also able to find endangered plant species when um, people think they're gone. So I think that is one of the coolest things that dogs can do um, because they're able to be outside and in the mountains and enjoying all that, but again, working towards an amazing purpose. Oh, you touched on mine. Oh, well. Mine, I'm sorry. kind of <laughs> related to that, but that's okay. Mine was whale poop sniffer. That's mm-hmm. the weirdest dog job I've heard of. And it's because there's a certain kind of whale, and they think, they think that there's something in its poop that may be medicinal. So they're looking for its poop. And when it poops, it poops these massive amounts. But it's somewhere in the ocean. I mean, how would you ever find it? Well, you put a dog in a boat, and you teach him to sniff for it, and you give him food when he finds it, and then he'll find it. So that's how they do that. So if anyone's wondering how they train these dogs, that's how they do it. But a dog <laughs> can only learn to find so many things. No one dog can find 100 things. dog can maybe find five things very, very well, or ten things not quite as well, but well. So you want to keep it very simple. So they will have different dogs for different searches. A dog who's looking for chanterelle mushrooms to sell on the market or something like that, truffles um, or uh, something like that, might know three or four different kinds of mushrooms, but that would not be the same dog used to find explosives. And the dog to find explosives, he can find all types of explosives, but you wouldn't necessarily use him for drugs, although you might. It depends on your needs and how smart the dog is, how bright he is. But generally speaking, they're trained to find five things, something like that. Interesting, insects can be trained to do this quickly, within minutes. And they've built these little traps where they have these insects. And what they do is they have a dog working. And the dog finds whatever it is. But as they get closer and closer and closer to the area using the dog, the insects will really, really react. And so the insects will do their um, their dance that they do for each other to show when they found pollen. They'll do that. The bees or the wasps, they, it's usually bees, they'll do that when they get immediately near the thing. And so they found that the conjunction of the two work really well. Mm-hmm. But, um, and all they, all they do is give them like a sugar reward when they have the smell and then they'll go off and find that smell. But a bee can only be trained to find one thing. So they have to use new bees all the time. It's quite interesting though what can be done. Um, when you talked about rehoming these military dogs. I want to talk about the seeing eye dogs because sometimes seeing eye dogs flunk. You know, it's a two-year program. It takes a long time. A lot of them flunk. 
There's nothing wrong with the dogs at Flunk. They're exceptional dogs. They're better than most of the dogs you meet. But Mm -hmm. they're just not quite serious enough or maybe big enough or whatever it was they were looking for for the program. Maybe they like kids too much and get distracted too easily. Something that would be perfect for your house. Sometimes those dogs are even taken into the autistic training program because it's not that they're bad service dogs. They just might not be suited for the most difficult job of seeing for a person who doesn't see. So if you want to get a dog and you maybe don't want a puppy and you do want a nice well-trained dog, check that out because there are these dogs up for adoption and uh, they do need homes. So if you find a dog who's worked and being retired, you'll get a dog who's got a totally new silly attitude about life because it worked really hard all its life, but it's still a really good responsible dog and it will be so well-trained, so well-socialized, the kind of dog you can take anywhere. So I highly suggest you look into that. And on the other side of things, if you'd love a puppy, but you just can't make a 10, 15 year commitment, well, why not check out the Seeing Eye Dog community and offer to be a puppy minder? For a couple of years, you're in charge of a puppy that gets to go everywhere with you wearing a little, you know, marked uh, blanket and you get to go everywhere. And uh, you'll be doing such a good thing when you hand that dog over. And that's something you can see on this website, right? Planet Dog. If you go to Planet Dog, Foundation is it dot org? Yep. Planet, Planet Dog, Dog Foundation dot org. Okay, and then they can see all these stories and see the dogs and the people, right? That's right. Okay, so what do they see there? Tell us. Well, you're going to see on uh, that site there are little stories and synopses of all of the organizations that we have funded over the years, including Guiding Eyes for the Blind, which is a seeing eye dog training program. Um, that does have one of these, um, they have puppy raisers all over the country who, again, they volunteer for 16 to 18 months to do primary basic training with dogs, basic manners, and tons of socialization, getting the dog in as many different situations as possible to desensitize them to everything. And then the dog goes on to advanced training after that if it has all the right criteria. So you can read some stories about that on our website and get linked down to the Guiding Eyes for the Blind website. Uh, There's also a number of stories about other assistance dogs programs that have similar puppy raising programs and things like that. And just it feels great to see all the different things that dogs are able to do. Dogs are really key to keeping our airport safe. And right now we've just noticed that the geese, the Canadian geese alone, and there's other birds doing this too, the geese population in the 70s was 2 million. Now it's 7.5 million. And their habitat's getting smaller and smaller. So they're becoming a real problem. That's what they suspect did it to that plane in the Hudson, crashed Mm -hmm. in the Hudson. The geese are a huge problem. But there are airports using falcons and dogs that have no goose problem. And that's the sensible thing to do. The same with the orchards. Blueberry orchards and apple orchards, they have these terrible noisemakers and all kinds of strategies and netting and none of it ever works. And it's horrible for all the rest of the people and animals trying to enjoy the environment. Get a couple of dogs and problem solved for a lot cheaper, a lot more reliably. You know, dogs can be rescue dogs. They just need to be trained up properly and there are places to go for this. So other weird jobs, bed bug sniffing. That's a big job for dogs right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't, years ago, someone asked me to do that, to train dogs to do that. And um, I knew it was going to be good money and I knew it was probably a good idea, but I just, I just never wanted to have dead or alive bed bugs on my property anywhere. It just freaked me right out. I'm just not the person (laughs) for that. So I never did it. Okay, so today, if you want to teach your dog something, teach him to go get 
It's really easy. When you're playing fetch, if your dog already fetches, just say, go get it as you throw the thing. Go get the ball. Go get the ball. And then after a while, your dog will understand this and you'll maybe roll it or maybe just point to it or maybe just nudge it with your foot. So you're not actually throwing the item and you're saying, go get, go get the ball. Pretty soon he'll get it from anywhere. So that's really easy. And then you can teach him to go get different things like go get your leash, go get your ball, go get your towel. Just make sure there are always things he's allowed to have mm-hmm. and praise him like crazy when he does it. So that's our party trick of the day for today's party. I wanted to say that, um, well, I got to say, I got to tell you all that the blood donor dog of choice is the greyhound. And that's because there's seven different blood types in the dog world. And greyhounds are universal blood donors. They can give to everybody. Not only that, but retired racetrack greyhounds tend to be Well, first of all, they're large and their veins are easy to find. So that's always good in a donor dog. But they tend to be really easy to handle. People think, oh, they must be high strung. They must be so difficult. They used to run at the track. Contrary to that, that's so, so wrong. They actually are um, extremely mellow. They've run all the run they want. They've been tired and they've been denied a family. And now when you adopt an X-Racing Greyhound, it is so mellow at home. Now, it would love to go for a run in a, in a leash, you know, in a fenced area where it's safe. It would love to do that once a day, run its heart out. But it would also love to just sleep on your couch and enjoy being warm and inside and with the family. And so they do make great donor dogs and uh, because they're extremely docile and easy to handle and very, very sweet. So that's an interesting dog. Don't necessarily recommend them for people with small children, X-Racing Greyhounds, but other people might really enjoy them. If you want a big dog and you don't want to go to the dog park and you don't want to be letting your dog off leash and running with a pack, then a Greyhound, an X-Racing Greyhound might be for you. So... Let's talk a little bit more about Planet Dog. Okay, so say they like the idea of buying stuff and having some money go to helping all these great things we just talked about. At your site, my favorite thing, and I hope you're going to send it to me as a big thank you, is the stickers. (laughs) I will put them up everywhere on my eco, uh, natural gas-powered Camp Good Dog van with the cartoons all over it that picks up dogs all over the city, and my Suburban 2 Camp Good Dog truck. I'll put them all over and I'll tell everybody where I got them. Tell us about these stickers. They are too funny. They're like, um, they're the Euro stickers that you see for different locations around the world and one of them says woof, another one says arf, another one says bark. We've got one that says meow. There's one that just has a paw print on it. There's wag. Yeah, the paw prints cute. They're all cute. Oh, I like them. They are all very, very cute. They're so funny, and they make an instant statement. You don't even have to read very long, so you won't cause car accidents. I like them. Okay, (laughs) so what else can people get on your site? Now, I know last time we talked, you talked about, is is there still free delivery? Free delivery promotion is just about to end, but for the whole month of December, if people place an order, they get a free one of our recycle balls, which is a ball that's made from, we, our products are all made from Orby Tough Material, and um, at the end of every molding process for our Orby balls, uh, there's a little bit of that material left over, and we take all of those leftovers as well as used Orbies that the dogs have finished playing with, and we put them all back in the pot, and we regrind it all up, and we have a line of recycle balls that come from that recycled material. So you can actually send in a used Orby toy, and we will put it into the vat and make a new toy with it. And we're, so we're giving away a free one of those for the rest of the month of December with any retail order off of planetdog.com. 
Oh, nice. Okay. So what other things can they buy? If they're sitting there thinking, okay, there's people on my Christmas list and, you know, they've got dogs, they've got cats, what can they buy? Well, we, again, we have a whole range of these rubber toys made out of our Orbi Tough material. We also have a holiday line. We have a mint toy. It's a rubber chew toy that's scented like mint and looks like a peppermint. We've got some rubber Christmas bulbs that look like Christmas bulb lights. Uh, we've got gingerbread, squeaky fleece, gingerbread buddies with the squeakers inside. And then okay, we so also where do they go to get a look? Now, people are, are our audience is very web savvy. Where can they go? They're going to be clicking away. Where can they go? Is it planet planetdog.com. Okay, planetdog.com. So everybody, look up this stuff. Look how cute it is. Now, you might notice there's a puppy up there chewing on a Christmas bulb. Don't worry. That is not a real Christmas bulb. But that reminds us to be really careful. Anchor your trees. Make sure the liquid you use in the bottom is just water. And for the first few days, be really careful with that. Because if your tree was fertilized a lot, it's going to leak fertilizer into the water basin. So make sure your animals aren't drinking from it. Make sure you don't use tinsel at all if you have cats. Don't use chocolate at all if you have dogs. Chocolate's toxic to dogs. Make sure everything's just tied up well and anchored well. When you light candles for a menorah or Hanukkah or candelabra or anything like that, make sure you stay in the room. So if you want to light candles and burn them all the way down, use the little birthday baby candles or something like that so they're not left unattended. Also, you can also put your pets in a room if that's easier than keeping all this stuff out of reach. But pets will get out. So make sure you, you really set it up safe and avoid the nasty stuff. Get wrapping paper out of the way. Get ribbons out of the way. Don't let your cats ingest any of that stuff. And your dogs and your cats do not need to binge on Christmas turkey. That can really give them a problem with their stomach, a serious problem. It can send them to the vet or worse. So if you want to give them a little treat, that's fine. Save some of that gravy, put it in the fridge, give them a little teaspoon with their meal, but don't give them a cup. Don't binge them on it. They can't handle it. Okay, so have you got anything else you want to tell people? It's almost Christmas. It's almost holiday time. Any news from Planet Dog? Well, I just want to wish everybody out there a very happy holiday and thank all of our customers who help uh, Planet Dog to give back to our foundation that helps all of these amazing dogs. And I want to thank you and wish you a very, very happy holiday. Oh, thank you. And yourself, too. It's really nice doing a show with someone where I feel like we're doing a good thing. Where I feel like all these dogs out there are wagging their tails and getting their treats and getting brushed. And, you know, we, we've talked about how your products give back. But if people are thinking they have a little bit of extra time, you know, you don't have to be an animal trainer to help. If you have a car and you're willing to drive a dog for a person who can't see, that's going to be a huge help. Call your local Seeing Eye Dog organization and offer. Or if you just like talking to people and you'd like to know more about this stuff, they will educate you enough that you could man a booth with some cards at a fair. You'll meet all the people in the world you want. You'll see tons of these dogs and you'll see tons of people being helped by dogs. There's all kinds of ways you can help. It's not just money. But if you are going to get gifts for people on your Christmas list and who have dogs and you want to get something cheeky like, like these stickers that I love so much or, <laughs> um, or treats or toys, then you're giving a gift that gives back. You're giving something where it's not just a gift. It's like it's, it's a natural recycled type of product so it's good in that way and it's, so it's good for the animal who's getting it but it also comes with some information that tells them that you, know, you just helped a service dog. 
and the person who benefits from that. So that's a real feel-good thing under the tree. So thank you very much, Kristen Smith. Thank you for coming on behalf of Planet Dog. It's been great to have you. Thank you so much, Deborah. You throw a great party. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you're going to have to find 12 doggy coats in that coat room over there because it is snowing <laughs> out here at this party. All right. Well, thank you very much. And everybody, be good to your animals over the holidays. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.